All glory, all power, everything forever and ever is yours, oh God. Oh God, we're so thankful and grateful. Oh my God, we're so thankful and grateful today. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You know, it's, it's not just, we, can, we come here and we enjoy this time. We enjoy it. We enjoy it. It blesses us. It blesses God. But let's make sure that we take it into our circumstances. <laughs> let's make sure that, um, because you know what? Vengeance is not for a later date. God gets his vengeance when we Praise him in our circumstances. When there's a situation that's not going our way yet, we praise him anyway, and we stand in faith. God's getting his vengeance. He's getting what, what Jesus paid for. So, um, and and um, we might not see the victory yet. We might not feel it. Um, but, he, but he still deserves that praise and honor. And that first song we sang, it, it's a highway to the throne of God. It's a highway to this heart. It's a highway to the move. It's so true. And as we were singing that, I was imagining that in a particular circumstance I have in my life, uh, just doing that, you know, just um, praising God. And I do do that. So I want to encourage you to do that because it's powerful. And, God, and God's getting his vengeance on Satan. I, I pity that I pity him <laughs> anyway um if there's anyone that has any prophetic word for the body today now's the time to share that okay this is a first. <laughs> this is a first. Okay, listen. Come on up, Russell. Yeah, don't be shy. Well, it's been a while since I've done this. So, <clears throat> um, last week was my first week, and if you missed last week, you missed something awesome because they had visiting um, pastors, I guess you call them, missionaries. And they knocked my socks off. It was what you call the real deal. The whole family was a walking testimony of the love of God and how they're living it out. It so touched my heart. I couldn't wait to get here today. I was excited. But that last thing that we sang about God's bringing me back. It's been a while since I've been in a church. Um, I don't know if you guys have had an experience of moving from another church for various reasons, but I've been looking for over a year, and I felt last week like this was home. The Holy Spirit just gave me that peace um, that came over my heart, and just um, when the worship started, I was um, just totally enveloped, and I just wanted to, to tell you guys have a great church here, and I hope to become a member. And I'm excited to see what God's going to do here. Thank you for that blessing. Testimonies, a testimony, anything? 
All okay. right. Bless us. Yeah, we open this up for testimonies, words of encouragement. If you feel like God just gave you a picture of something in worship, that would, would help all of us. I'm really excited to announce that we got this huge financial burden wiped out. Yeah. My husband went in for some surgery uh, the end of December. This man in 10 years could not walk upright. He walked with a cane, a lot of times two canes. His toes were so pigeoned in and his knees would, he was like this, just chronic pain and over the top. And um, we're in multi-care. And so they said, well, you know, for surgery, you're gonna have to go within system, within network. And we looked at all the surgeons and <laughs> we've already had all those butchers. We said, no, we're not going back to any one of those. And we just said, God, you handpick who you want. And we're going to close our eyes to the finances because living off a disability, it's not a mansion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we got this way cool surgeon in Seattle, young guy. I mean, he, he walked in the room, and I, I hit my husband and said, so where's the doctor? I mean, he just was, looked like he was too young to know anything. And he was amazing. And the surgery that they did was very unconventional, but it gave my husband back the ability to walk. The next morning, they came in with a, you know, one of those, what do you call them, the walker thing? You, yeah, walkers, okay. And my husband is still, I mean, very muscular and from walking with those canes. And we play basketball. We go down and shoot hoops every day to keep limber. And so he had two-handed uh, uh, canes, one for the left and one for the right, so he could keep moving those muscles. Well, the, the nurses came in and they tried to walk him, and he, he could walk. So he, you know, if you know my husband, he's stronger willed than I am. So that's, you know, kind of scary. And he just said, I don't want this walker thing, man. I'm a trip and fall. And they're like, you know, doing this condescending, oh, we know, Mr. Love, you, you're very excited that you want to walk, but you have to be careful. Well, you know, God was good. He made her go talk to another nurse over there for just a split second. And my husband threw down that walker and walked and he's been walking ever since and we're giving God glory for that and then we get the bill and it's like sticker shock O-M-G and we're like God you got to do something with that do something with that so you know we put in for financial aid and they sent us back a letter and said you you do not reach or uh, you do not meet federal poverty guidelines and um, I just looked at that and I said God you're not into poverty, you're into blessings. So we resubmitted, came back, you do not meet federal poverty guidelines. So then I got mad, <laughs> I got mad. I, I talked to the devil in Greek and English and just let him know wherefore, just in case he was missing the memo. And when we called, we got a different person that was in a whole different section of financial aid. And I'm saying this to say, when you think you shouldn't call back, call back because our phone call ended up going over to this piece over here. And Harborview um, Medical Center has two different financial sections. And the one over here is just the ones that say no, no, no. The ones over here see the big picture. And the lady over there couldn't figure out why we were getting turned down for financial aid when our insurance company paid 80%. It's not like it was a $300,000 bill and none of it was getting paid. Our insurance paid 80%. So she said, well, here's what you do. 
She said, give me your address. I'm going to mail you these forms, and this is going to be a drag. So I thought, okay, lots of dark chocolate. And you write down every penny that you have and how it gets spent. I don't know about you, but I'm not into the details, but you know, I'm like, okay, God, I'll submit if that's what I need to do. So two days and three pounds of dark chocolate later, I did all that, laid hands on it, and at the very bottom it says, so, so what do you want to pay on this? And I put zero. And I wrote on there, and our insurance paid 80%. So we sent it in, and we waited. And we waited, and the enemy kept trying to make that a heavy. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you got this $6,000 bill, and you know what I mean? And I'm like, mm -mm, I don't have it. God's got it. Not my issue. Yesterday in the mail, there was this, you know how you see the return address? And I said, ooh, Harborview. But it was made out to my husband, and just out of respect, I thought, not going to open it. And I just looked at it, and I have to tell you, this is maybe going to sound a little weird, but the more you get to know me, it's not. I just kind of blew a little kiss on it, which is the breath of God, new life. I just kind of went, I put it to my heart and just said, thank you, Lord, for your answer. Put it on the table. My husband came home from playing cribbage, said, you want to go down to the park and shoot hoops? I said, after you open that, guess what? Zero. Zero on the bill. Zero. And we are rejoicing. Thank you. So before you walk away. Yes. Unless you want to do it. Does anyone in the room need a financial debt forgiven? Debt forgiven. We want to emphasize at Legacy City Church, Revelation. I always get the address wrong. I think it's Revelation 1911 or 1119, somewhere in there. I'll look it up if you're questioning if I'm quoting my own verses or not the Bible. But Revelation says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. We believe that to mean the testimonies that we carry from Jesus, the things that he has done, prophesies. It speaks into other people's destiny. If, if Jesus will do it for her, he will do it for you. So if you need a financial miracle, a debt forgiven, then stand up. And Miss Lo Mrs. Love is going to pray for you. She's going to declare her. <laughs> Marilyn. Sorry. I, I just, I love her last name. Her, her last name is just so lovely. Okay. So. No one wants to stand, and that's okay. Okay. So stand right here. Just scoot up a, a two feet. Yeah. Miss Evangelia. I saw her name this morning, and Evangelia in Greek, I'm full-blooded Greek, Evangelia means the evangelist. She carries the word of God within her, and it pours out in word and in deed. And Father, you are the indeed. You are everything she needs, Father. Yes. And Lord, bless her husband. 
but fill her now with the freedom from every debt she has. Financial, you erase it like you did ours. If there's a process, Lord, you illuminate her to what that process is. If she needs to hear something from you she hasn't heard, Father, you speak to her in the deep of the night. You give her a dream, you give her a revelation. Maybe it's somebody aisle three at Fred Meyer's that she overhears, but it becomes rhema for her and brings life and fulfillment. And that, Lord, if it's a debt in her heart, Father, let that debt be filled. If it's a pain that needs to be lifted, you lift it. For you're a good, good daddy. And you love us. Thank you. So, Father, now I just ask for holy surprises. Just because you love her, that's all. Just because you love her. And she is your beloved daughter. We just thank you now, Father, in Jesus' name. Woo! <laughs> I just saw, I'm, I'm sorry, can I just divert here? I'm a seer. I, I, I just saw, when I was praying, I, I saw like little jingle bells. And it was like, it was like, a, and that to me meant there's a new way he's going to be speaking to you. There's a new sound. It's all about the sound. And each one of us has a, a certain frequency. It's like when I went looking for a fountain for my backyard years ago, I, I didn't care what it looked like, Akusane, I knew I would hear it. And when we sold our house in Tacoma, they, they wanted the fountain. I said, no, 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 no. I said, a, a fountain has to be handpicked for you. From your heart and your ear, you'll know it's his language to you. So there's a new season coming. There's a new way he's going to speak to you. And I think it's going to be in the, the deep of the night. I don't think you're going to be awake. I think he's going to come into that rhema level. What do you call it when you're sleeping in ROM, into that ROM level? And he's going he's gonna to minister to you. You're not even going to know you got hit. But when you get up, you're just going to know, I, I didn't do it that way before. And it's going to be a different and a better way. Or, or whatever the next walk of the prophetic is for you or whatever, it's just going to already be embedded in you, and it's just going to flow out. Ooh, I'm excited for you. Yay! <laughs> I just want to say that's the third or fourth time this week that that's been prophesied over me. Really? There's a confirmation, girl. <laughs> and I love what you read, what Heidi Baker said about being filled with the Spirit. You've, you've got to do that and get that for yourself. And I always, I never had a good explanation about that parable. I've always like, what does that mean? You know, what, why can't we share, you know, the oil? Um, and, that, and that really makes so much sense, but thank you. <laughs> awesome. That's a good word. I'll take it for myself, too. I'll take it. In fact, I think there's a lot of us in the room that we're... I think even as a church, I would say many, we're all in different places of, of how we hear God, how we hear his voice. Obviously, the word of God, the written word of God. But the Holy Spirit was given to each one of us so that he could speak by his spirit into your spirit so that you could be led by the spirit. So we need the word of God, but we need to be able to hear his voice because he will pull things from the written word of God that applies for right now 
those, those rhema words. He will pull things that you've stored away inside of you. you know, I have hidden your word inside my heart that I might not sin against you. He will pull, Holy Spirit will pull those verses up into your remembrance. You might be sharing with somebody and you think, I don't know why I remembered that so clearly at that moment because ask me any other time and I'd fumble it. Now you're probably thinking, this guy up here fumbles the scriptures all the time when he tries to quote them out of his heart, but that was supposed to be funny. But anyway, so anyway, yes, I try, I try. So you going to come up here? Do you want to come up? Did you? Okay. Oh, this is fun. This is how church should be. Okay, so um, being filled with oil, like sometimes it's hard to, for me to understand things if we don't usually do it. The only thing we fill oil is a tiki torches for parties once or twice a year. But the one thing that I saw, which is so is we have a lot of um, solar lights. I like those things. They illuminate in the darkness. And so it kind of like more understanding for me is like you have to be in the sun. The lights have to be in the sun for it to get rejuvenated, to get the power. And sometimes it's got dirt on it and you have to wipe it off. And then like our neighbors have some old ones and kind of like tap, tap. And a couple, he just put your hand over, make the darkness and the light came on, put the darkness light came on. But there's a couple that didn't come on at all and they like need new light bulbs or maybe a new battery, if that kind of under. So now I have like a, a better understanding of what I understand is that we have to be in the sun, spend time in the sun, not sun, but sun. And, and sometimes we need to like be tapped. I don't want to like to be tapped, but that's good. Be tapped or wiped off. And so there's my... That's awesome. Good word. Thanks for taking a risk. Thanks for risking. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. So just for your own personal notes. Awesome. And if you wonder why we're always trying to stick the microphone in everyone's face, we record everything. That way we can go back and listen, and you can go back and listen. Um, there might be something spoken very profound that you'll want to know. You'll want to go back and hear, and you'll forget what it was because you're kind of in the moment. So, yeah. I'm trying to figure out what my beautiful bride's doing behind me here. Got, got something? I don't. <laughs> I don't know anything right now. You should ask about that. I, I know. That's that. really cool. Marilyn brought that. I like it. That's really cool. I know. the south, the east, and the west, you know, breath of life. And um, so that's us. That's the church. We've all come from the north, the south, the east, and the west. It also, to me, prophetically depicts that we are on a journey, that he is the, the crossover. If he wants to take us from the west and say, no, Marilyn, I want you now to go to the east, 
you can travel, you can go any one of those areas because of his leading with the safety of knowing that he has those four winds and he keeps us within those. So that's just a prophetic piece that I brought. And so I had it down there and I thought, yeah, that might fall. Oh, well, who cares? And somebody wisely put it up there. Yay, wise yeah. pastor. Yes, we want, to, we want to protect the goods. So well, that's really cool. Yeah, good. Thanks for sharing that with us today. Awesome. Oh, what a good looking bunch. All y'all. All y'all. Yeah. You know, I, I think Tammy and I, we're, we're just, uh, I think every Sunday, especially this last few weeks with this new influx of, of wonderful faces, um, we're, just, we're just amazed. You know, we, this is just family time. I'm not going to try to, you know, wow you guys with fancy words this morning. Um, I do have a message. We'll see how much of it we'll get to. But, you know, really, God called us to plant a church through a prophetic word, as you all heard before, won't go over the details again, but we've held that word before us through the lightly attended house meetings to the fuller meetings like this week and last week, and it's just so encouraging. So I would want to say thank you to you guys for taking a risk just coming, just checking it out. You know, maybe, maybe Legacy City Church isn't where God has called you to be for the long haul, or maybe it is. We just trust him to make it clear. We don't want to try to hold anybody in that he's not trying to set in. But we do believe that he, he builds the church. You know, Jesus builds the church. And he sets the solitary into families. Psalm 68, 6 says, he places the lonely or the solitary, those that are not in a family. He will place you in a family. So we pray that if Legacy City Church, this new church I still call it church plant. We're one year old publicly this month. Um, but if this is what, where God has called you, then we want to help you find how your gifting, how your anointing can be a blessing and a benefit to all of us. Um, we you know, talked a little bit a couple weeks ago about the apostolic prophetic model that, we've, that we feel that God has called the church, and specifically this church, to model ourselves after, and I've promised for weeks and weeks and months to go into a little bit of teaching on apostolic and prophetic, and what does that even mean? Does apostolic mean all the women are going to start growing their hair down to their ankles or put it in a bun and sew your own dresses, you know? God bless you if you want to. That's your choice, you know? There's freedom. So, you know, that's not what apostolic means to us, but in this model... The apostolic, prophetic, New Testament, I'll just say this New Testament pattern model of church, it's about a family. It's about the gathering of believers in a specific place, flowing and functioning as a family, where each one of us has unique giftings. Each one of us is called by God to be a king or royalty. If you are a woman and you don't like to be called a king, kings and queens, royalty, each one of us called, is called to be royalty, a royal priest, a king and a priest. We are a royal priesthood. So what that means to us is that all of us are ministers. We are all part of the priesthood. 
And the days of one guy doing it all while the rest of the church gives him the sideway eye. You know, I don't know. He's, his preaching was kind of off this week. You know, I don't care. If you want to critique what we preach, that's fine. Just don't tell me about it. <laughs> I don't want to know because then it'll get in my head and rent space in there, and that'll be weird for me. So, no, you could tell me. I'm open. But anyway, yes. <laughs> we want to see the church, every individual believer, every individual saint, walking in your true identity. Jesus paid the highest price for you to walk in your new identity. You're no longer a sinner. You're now a saint. You're no longer an orphan. You are a son or daughter. You're no longer slaves. You are free. Jesus sets you free. Free from sin and condemnation. The issue of sin has been dealt with. We need to get over it. We need to get over it. We need to get over our bad selves, right? <laughs> That's right. Got to get over ourselves. We got to get over our performance mentality. This is not about how good or bad you are as a son or daughter. It's about who you are and who's your daddy. Who is your daddy? Who is your papa God? Jesus paid the highest price that you could come in to his family, that you can call Father God, your daddy God. He gave you the spirit of adoption, the spirit of sonship. He breathed it into your heart when you said yes to Jesus. And now you can cry out to him, Abba, Father, Daddy God, I am your son. I am your daughter. Not me, but her. It's so important to God that we know who we are and who he's called us to be. That we could walk uprightly. When you know who you are, what you believe about yourself is going to affect your actions. It's going to affect how you walk life. So we value the family of believers, the priesthood of all believers. You are all royal priests and kings and queens in this place. And you all, each one of you have a gift. That doesn't mean that everyone has to preach. We don't have to make a schedule for 30 people to take turns. Um, but maybe you do have a a gifting for public speaking or sharing corporately. And that is one of the reasons why we make room up here for after our worship time for people to come up and share. And I'm not the only one that's going to preach every, you know, as far as the sermon goes or the, the teaching preaching time. You know, it's going to be some of you guys. I'm not trying not to look at anyone in particular because I don't want you to think, <gasps> that means he wants me to preach. Next week, better have your notes ready. So anyway. <laughs> help me, honey. <laughs> Sorry. No? I don't have any help right now. Okay. <laughs> so let's just cover a couple things, um, practical things. Next Sunday. So I know you guys loved last week. That was your first time walking in here. I wish those guys were here every week, but then, you know, I would have nothing to do and most of us would have nothing to do because they would just wander around and shake and prophesy over every one of us. <clears throat> but that was awesome. We love the Dillons. And we're, we are blessed as a family and as a church family that they're our friends. 
Those aren't just guest speakers that we had to hire to come in. That's our family. We have a relationship with them. And speaking of relationships, we have a relationship with a very anointed, powerful woman of God who will be here next Sunday. Her name is Teresa Farley, and she is part of the church in McMinnville, Oregon, New Horizons. Um, For some of us, I should probably just cover a couple things. The adventure that we stepped into of planting a church began in a church in McMinnville, Oregon. New Horizons Church, it is pastored, led by Galen and Danette Gingrich, and they have a wonderful team and a wonderful church. We call it our home away from home. And because of everything that has unfolded in their church and into our lives, it started in their house, God orchestrated things to where we have a relationship now that we would consider, here's that word, apostolic. (laughs) We consider Galen an apostolic father. He's just a wise builder. Galen has wisdom beyond years. He sees foundations. He sees things in a prophetic way. He sees the progress. He sees what hasn't yet come forth, but he sees it in his heart, and he encourages, and he doesn't heavy-handedly tell us what to do, but he just, we invite his feedback, and he, like a good dad, he just speaks into our ministry and into our church, into our lives, and we invite it. So that's Galen and Danette Gingrich. They have a school of ministry in their church, um, New Horizons Supernatural School of Ministry, I guess is what it's called, Um, the long uh, speaking it out. I'm sure there's some initials for it, NHSS. M, something like that. Anyway, uh, and their school is led by Teresa Farley. And Teresa, we have invited her to be a prophetic voice to our church. So we have an apostolic input and we have a prophetic input. Now, I want to make sure that everyone understands that we don't think that they are the only people that can speak apostolically and speak prophetically. We believe that you all, and when I say you all, all y'all, All you all may prophesy. That's why God gave gifts to the church. That's why he gave the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the pastors and the teachers to equip us, the rest of us, the saints, so that we can prophesy, so that we can think and move apostolically. So Teresa is going to be with us next Sunday. I hope you guys can be here. I know some some of us may not be able to be here. Um, Thank God. That's a good testimony. Dale's got a, a brand new job after a season of unemployment. Um, most of us have been there, and we're just grateful. We're believing that God was going to provide. So I'm guessing that you guys may not be able to be here. I know it's Father's Day Sunday next week. Um, if you can, take advantage of it and be here if you can. It's going to be a good time. So we're just going gonna to turn her loose, and I think you guys will really love Teresa. She is just... She's... Well, we'll introduce her next week and tell a little bit of that stuff. Tammy's looking at my notes here. It's just all going to look like Greek to you, I think, right? (laughs) Yes. Marilyn will read it. She knows Greek. New Testament Greek or Greek Greek? Modern Greek, okay. 
Let's take a look at some scriptures, just so you guys don't think we're heretics in a cult or something. We should use the Bible while we're here. Let's go ahead and, and look at um, Ephesians 4, um, 11 through 16. We're going to probably go over this and get stuck just at the end of it so many times that you guys will have it memorized. But that's good because even Greg Dillon couldn't remember the address for that last week and we had to help him out a little bit and that's okay. But you guys are going to know it. You guys are going to be like, oh yeah, Ephesians 4.11, that's that five-fold ministry passage. So if you're telling people about if this is your church and you're like, well, it's kind of a spirit-filled, kind of charismatic, kind of, you know, we, we love the presence of God. We kind of see ourselves as apostolic, prophetic, and people will be like, what you talking about? What do you mean, apostolic and prophetic? What's that? Well, you'll just say Ephesians 4.11. It's right there. Read it. So let's read it together. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to do all the work of ministry while we sit back and clap our hands. No, 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 no. To equip his people for works of service. Pause. Last Two weeks ago, I, I mentioned that Tammy and I came out of traditional, modern-day church uh, model, which is the pastoral staff. They do all the ministry. They're kind of like in that place of the fivefold. Some of them are evangelists, evangelists and pastors and teachers and maybe prophets, but typically the, the ministry team does all the ministry. Now, we do invite a ministry team to come up and share but that's because we want people to come up here and share. If, and you know who you are because we've talked to you. And even if you're not one that we've said, hey, we want you to feel free, we open it up typically. So Cheryl, not my sister, but Cheryl behind you, um, you know, you didn't have someone come up to you and say, you know, if you have a word, come up. But we did make that very open this morning and invite you guys. So the fivefold ministry, Ephesians 4.11, they are given to the church to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So there's a key right there. The gifts, the five-fold ministry gifts are, are given to the church to build us up, to help us to become mature so that we don't stay infant Christians just being tossed everywhere. So let's look at the next slide. Until, so they were given to equip us until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. God has a picture in his mind for each one of us and for the church as a whole. It's that the church would grow up and look more and more and more like Jesus every day, that we would represent Jesus in the earth he put the spirit of his son in, in our hearts. He gave us a relationship with the Father by that spirit. And that spirit, the Holy Spirit working in us is transforming us and conforming us into his likeness, into the likeness of Jesus. Doesn't mean that you have to grow your hair long and grow a beard. No. But people should be able to see Jesus in your eyes. So that we may, so it's, just past the yellow part there, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, 
Instead, depends on what version you're reading. Instead, here's another key, speaking the truth in love. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined together and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So love is a major key. God did not call us to be the Holy Spirit in each other's lives. Now, I will put a side note. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will give you a word of encouragement for another believer. Sometimes he may prompt you to speak into someone's life when there is some dirt on top of that uh, solar thing. But what we've said often in our meetings and in this, these gatherings is that if we, each one of us, if we know that you're looking for gold, if you're looking for Jesus inside of us, if you're looking for the treasure of heaven that God has placed inside of us, if we know that's your motive, not just to be critical and a judge and point out everyone's faults, but to see the stuff that God has placed in you shine. If we know your motive is to call out the gold, then we won't mind, at least I won't mind, I'll speak for myself, I won't mind if you want to touch my dirt. If you see some dirt and you're like, Scott, that's gotta, you got to move that a little bit because I see a treasure there, but that dirt is so distracting that it gets in the way. Does that make sense to you guys? So, but that comes out of a heart motivated by love. If you love people, if you get your love tank filled by the Holy Spirit, by spending time in the presence of God, by being a worshiper, living a worship lifestyle, being a, just a devoted worshiper of Jesus, loving him, that being your one pursuit in life is just to love Jesus, just to press into him at every opportunity you can. He's gonna fill your love tank. He's gonna give you love for people. And it's important to him. That's why in that scripture, as each, part does its, as each part of the body does its work in love, we will grow up into him who is the head. Everybody doing okay? So remember I told you that we might skip the royal priesthood part. Are you guys convinced that you're royalty? Do you know that, that God put a crown of authority on your head? I've quoted this many times. It's a, it's a fresh revelation for me. But John 1, I think it's John 1, 12, says to those who received Jesus, to those who received him, which is pretty much probably every person in this room, to those who believed in his name, he gave exousia. We translate it the right that word exousia means royal or regal authority. He gave you royal authority to become the sons and daughters of God. To those who believed in his name, to those who received him, and to those who believed in his name, he gave exousia, authority, to become the sons and daughters of God. Maybe we'll just look at those verses and then we'll, we'll cap it there. Don't even say it, guys.
the apostles, the prophets. We'll get there. If I just, I'm not so long-winded at the beginning, then help me, Lord. Help me. Okay. So let's just take a couple verses here and just, just meditate on these. I, it's our desire as a church to see all of us really grasping and walking in who we truly are. That you realize that you're not just a sinner who's trying really hard to be right with God, but that you've moved past that, that you've, you've really embraced the finished work of Christ on the cross for you, that your sins have been paid for in full, that you have been credited righteousness through faith in Christ Jesus, that you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit of sonship, that you have been given permission by the Holy Spirit to call out to God as your father, that you would recognize that you carry the authority of heaven within you and on you, so the Bible says that we are a holy priesthood. You yourselves, in 1 Peter 2, 5, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Revelation 1, 6, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. Highlight that in your Bible if you struggle with where you stand with God, if you feel like you're still trapped in sin, declare that verse over your body, over your life, over your mind, over your habits. Much of what we struggle with is just habit, habit that needs to be broken because the Bible says you have been set free. Your old man is dead, crucified with Christ and buried. And you have now inside of you resurrection life. You have new life living inside of you. You have Jesus ruling and reigning in your heart. And he wants to just conquer everything. So to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. And has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. And then Revelation 5.10, you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. There's probably a couple more, but I think that should be enough to convince you. I hope. I think we're going to be wrapping up here, but Tammy's going to preach now. <laughs> My turn. I have five minutes. <laughs> yeah. I have the microphone. Um. <laughs> <laughs> So kind of going back to what you were saying before you went into the scriptures, you know, this is, we're not, yes, we have a vision for what we're doing, but it's not just about our vision for what we're doing. It's about what God's called all of you guys to do. We want to see your guys' destiny fulfilled and you guys walking out what God has called you to do. And yeah, that's, you know, we're a family and a team and we it's, you know, it's not just us. It's about you guys as well. So I'm just going to briefly say something about apostolic prophetic, and it's going to just kind of jump into what's coming up for us as a group 
as a church. Um, I do have teaching that I eventually will try to go through about apostles and prophets. But I feel like God's kind of just given me a snapshot of how to simply see what those words mean. Apostolic basically means to see life from heaven's viewpoint. On earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come down here. As we begin to see things from heaven's perspective, as we see how the scripture shows us what the kingdom of heaven is like, where Jesus is ruling and reigning, where there is no sickness, there's no disease, there's no brokenness, there's no, you know, relationships are whole and complete in heaven. So should it be on earth. So when we see things from the kingdom perspective, I would, for, for me, that's what it, having an apostolic mindset is really all about. Partly. There's way more to it, obviously. But being apostolic is seeing it like Jesus sees it because he is our great apostle and high priest of our faith. Hebrews 3.1 tells us. So if Jesus is our great apostle and we are under him as our king, then we become apostolic. We see things the way he sees things, or we learn to. We move through life through what he calls us to do and how he has, how he has already completed things like our victory and our holiness and our righteousness. You know, he, he's completely perfected us, yet we're walking in it in a process so as we keep our eyes on Jesus, our great apostle, and we see things from heaven's perspective, we will think and see things apostolically. That basically is, to me, what that word means. And prophetically, it just means you have an intimate relationship with Jesus, and you learn to hear his voice. So Marilyn was, was speaking over Vani about hearing the bells, that he's going to give you the ability to hear him in a new, deeper, more intimate way, your own personal way. And that's, that's for all of us. He wants to have an intimacy and a relationship with us. And as you grow up and become more and more connected to Jesus, not more connected, that sounds weird, but you're already connected to Jesus. But as you grow up in maturity in him, you will grow up into him who is the head. And you will you will have a better understanding. We will have better understanding of the mind of Christ, the way he thinks. So it's the way he sees things and it's the way he thinks and he wants us to have access to that. So as a church, we are going to be going on a journey of learning basic prophetic stuff. Um, we have coming up in, July, in June 22nd, a night of worship, and we're just going to kind of speak a little bit that evening. We're going to have an evening of worship and just have fun together, um, just enjoy the presence of God, and then we will cover just some of the things that we're going to look forward to in the preceding weeks after that. So we will have eight weeks of going through a prophetic curriculum. For those of you who, who are already, you know you're a part of that, we have your books here today as well. So we'll make sure, yeah, talk to Tammy. Um, we've got the books, and we will just kind of leave things at that. But really, our heart's desire is that all of us would just learn more and more to think, think like kingdom-minded people.
to see things from God's perspective. When things are starting to look pretty crummy, pretty uh, bad or bleak, it's so important for us to help each other and to encourage one another to say, how does God see this situation? Is he hopeless about this situation? No. Then we have permission to be hopeless about anything he has permission or that he's hopeless about. So if he's hopeless, then we have permission. But I hope that's ministering to you. <laughs> I stole that from Steve Backland. But anyway, um, so you have permission to be hopeless about anything God is hopeless about, which is pretty much nothing. So if there is hopelessness in your heart or any situation that just seems bleak, it's, it's all about perspective. It's seeing things from God's perspective. There's truth down here, and then there's higher truth. The doctor may say, this is true. You know, you have a tumor. But God says, I sent Jesus to die for your healing, that you would be healed. So our desire is that we as a, as a group, as a church, would grow into that maturity, into that place of seeing things more and more from heaven's perspective, and that we would be a prophetic community. And I've said before, some of us are very prophetic. Some of us are kind of eh, a little prophetic. I say that for myself because I'm learning. I'm trying. I'm trying to distinguish when I'm hearing his, hearing his voice. I'm sure he's speaking all the time. I just don't always recognize when it's him because he does speak speak to us often in that place of your own imagination where you're thinking and you're hearing your own thoughts but sometimes that's where he's breaking in anyway it's time stand up guys <laughs> I apologize if I was a little long winded this morning so yeah you pray for us okay Father, we just, we thank you that we have the privilege to gather together, Father God, and God, we, we do want to grow closer to you and to, to become more like you. God, just continue to teach us to, to hear your voice and to settle down and just be with you, Father, and not to be so busy. And we just, we thank you for our time together. Just bless our week. Your name, amen.